This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This, this, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? Uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do this one. It's, we did one yesterday. I think this one comes out Friday, but it's Wednesday. So there's not a lot going on from last time <laughs> I talked. Uh, yeah, I haven't done anything outside of work in this and getting myself ready for my first article since then. Uh, yeah, no, go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a, it was a fun movie. Yeah, go see it. Also exciting stuff because you're coming back to all Bengals. You're going to have your content out soon. And yeah. I think people have been waiting since since the draft. There, there's been kind of a dead period after minicamp, and then the Bengals get back to training camp, and not a whole lot to say about training camp right now. And now your content is coming back over on All Bengals, so fans are going to have to go check that out. I know they're going to look forward to it. Also, as always, you can follow uh, Mike over on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. But today was joint practice day, and um, it felt like a pretty exciting, active day out of all the training camp days for the Cincinnati Bengals for all kinds of reasons. I'll start with number one. Everybody wants to know a Joe Burrow update. Zach Taylor did talk to the media today, and I'm going to tell you right now, Zach Taylor is not about to tell anybody a timeline. He is going to go with what he said. He said it twice in a week when asked about the Joe Burrow status, when he'd be back out there. He said several weeks from when I told you. Um, so we are at 12 and a half days. Almost at two weeks since uh, since Joe Burrow left with this calf, calf strain, and uh, Zach Taylor's not going to change his timeline. And I think that's so smart as a head coach. Um, like I said before, he doesn't know anybody outside of the organization a timeline on it. Everything seems to be going well with Joe Burrow. And the biggest news today when it comes to number nine, he was at practice. Uh, not on the golf cart. He rode out on the golf cart, but he was walking around. You could tell he was he, he was wanting to, to be out there and, and and just moving around constantly with the offense. I know Brian Callahan asked him, hey, do you want to call some plays? He's like, nope, I just want to come out here and, and watch camp today. And I thought that was really huge that Joe Burrow was back out there. And he was walking, walking around. He was with just a sleeve, no boot. Yeah. I just I just feel like it's still kind of around their their same timetable, even though we don't know what the several week period meant from when Zach Taylor said that he keeps saying that he doesn't just say several weeks from now. He said several weeks from when I told you um, it just really feels like what's smart. Uh, he's your franchise quarterback. You want to take your time. You want to make sure this guy's fully healthy. Um, if he's fully healthy, he's 100 percent after hearing from all the other physicians talk about it on Twitter. Um, they are just saying you get them healthy. You don't have that lingering throughout the season. And that's the most important thing. Um, so yeah, Joe Burrow back out there on the sideline watching, not participating yet to be determined on when he's back out there. Uh, but he has been active. He's been as far as active watching tape, uh, when the players are usually at camp, he's with the trainers and, um, obviously doing everything possible behind the scenes, but any thoughts on Joe B being at camp? Uh, yeah, most of my thoughts have just been 
Let's watch that walk again and let's see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe the slightest limp. It wasn't much though. I, I every time I see it, I think it's crazy the idea that he's going to be out week one when we are still four weeks away. Yeah, four weeks and two days, I think, yep. away from yeah, away from week one. He's out there in a sleeve with barely a. Li- I mean, I don't want to say don't you know. You come back when you're 100. percent You don't come back at 90 percent or 95 percent. You want to come back at 100 percent. If he misses the first week, ugh, it's just they don't have had trouble with the Browns, even when the Browns stunk. You know, it just seemed like the Bengals. They are the better team, but they're just not winning those games. When they went to the Super Bowl, didn't they get? Yeah, they got swept by the Browns. Yeah, it was <laughs> so. bad. That one game, the the one they played at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. Yeah, Chubb. great great opening drive, and then a pick six, and nothing went right after that. I remember. Uh, so it's just, I get that some fans. We are in peak optimism time, where <laughs> this team is going sixteen and one, if Ooh. that. Uh, but I know some fans are like, "Oh, they're not losing to the Browns, even if Trevor Simeon's out there." I can tell you, I'm nervous if Trevor Simeon's out there. <laughs> <laughs> very nervous yeah and i think it hurts it's not the end of the world but once you miss one game two games you drop a game to the browns or maybe you drop a game in week two to the ravens that's that's definitely a tough one um you want to be the one seed right you want to be make kansas city play that game on the road man once you drop games to teams that you should beat that starts going out the window and it's like, well, now we got to beat Buffalo and Kansas city. And maybe you feel like they're going to do that too. I'm not here to stop anybody's optimism. I just think that the chances of going one and oh, two and oh, dramatically different without Burrow. I know that chase said like, you know, just come back when you're ready week five. Yeah, man, if it takes till week five, like I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about the division. I just think like you're, the chance at the one seed is really what you have to be worried about. And if you care at all about like the Burrow MVP, the Chase Offensive Player of the Year type debates, which I know a ton of people do because I'm on Twitter and that's all anybody argues about. Mm-hmm. Unless you win your conference, you don't win MVP really. That's about the long and short of it. I There's narratives that can be built, but I don't. I think if Burrow misses three, four weeks, he's pretty much out of the running, and that stinks. But you know, volume stats carry, uh, your team record will carry. Now, if they go four and zero or something, then he has a narrative against him though, because then it's like, well, Trevor Simeon went four and zero with this roster. Like, why? They would not go four and zero with Trevor Simeon. At, I agree with you, but I think some people probably do think that's possible. <laughs> no, the thing is, I, I I don't even think of it like that right now. Uh, we're four weeks yeah. away, and even if he were to, I mean, I. I guess I'd be really surprised if it's even one game, if it's it's if it's week one right now. I would. I think he. I think if it was a regular season right now, he'd be playing. Yeah. Or maybe he would miss a game this Sunday, because you want him to get to Harper. But I just don't see how four more weeks when he's just in a sleeve and. Yeah. We're not doctors, but it's just we've seen injuries like this before. We see guys in boots come back within three weeks. We don't, it doesn't take them six weeks to come back from that injury. 
You saw him last year around this time. I mean, he was he lost so much weight. He was on the golf cart yeah. the whole time. He was running sprints or driving sprints on the golf cart. I mean, that was a little that was that made me a little nervous around this time last year. This year, he could have he could have just sat on the golf cart the whole time. And he decided, you know what? I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna walk around. And if he felt nervous about the way he was walking or if he was trying to hide anything, he he wasn't showing it. He was just, hey, I'm here. I want to be here, you know, with this team on the sidelines, with the offense, uh, with different sides of the ball, with the coaches. And I just I thought that was big that Joe's back out there. Um, if everybody remembers that day again, it was almost two weeks ago. And if you would have told me when all of that happened that night that, hey, you know what, in 12 days, Joe's going to be back on the sidelines, just walking around, watching camp. I'd have been like, OK, I'll take it right now and sign up for it. Um, so I don't know. We don't know kind of, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. And, and as far as, you know, his trainers, how they feel, the outlook, all we know is Zach Taylor keeps saying when he's asked about the timeline several weeks from when he said it, and it's almost been two yeah. weeks since Zach Taylor said that several weeks is more than two in my mind. Yep. Oh, for sure. For sure. But even if it was three weeks and, and, and a lot Four of weeks, weeks. I, 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 I the thing know. is that could be a five week injury. And he's still there week one. Yeah. It's just, when I look at the timetable for return on a, a grade two strain, which I think is stretching it a little mm -hmm. based off of all the information we have and everything I've read from, you know, doctors on well, Twitter, but still, you know, doctors, medical doctors, former team yeah. doctors, yeah. they all are saying it's probably grade one. But even if it's a grade two, they think he plays week one. So unless you think he fully ruptured the calf, grade three type strain, and, and he's somehow out, never used a boot, wasn't on crutches, he was fine walking the next day. If you just believe, whatever, grade three strain, that's the way he misses week one other than just being super cautious, which I'm fine being cautious, but. Yeah, sign me up. I Be just, you also don't, <laughs> you run into the, the, the problem there of like, yes, we're, we're being cautious, but are you going to throw away a game to be cautious when it's going to come down to what is the strain? We don't know. Is it grade one? Then I think it's almost a little ridiculous to do that. If it's grade two, I could see a one week absence. Maybe two weeks. When I read grade two strain online, it said three to six weeks and somewhere else said four to eight. So maybe if it's the eight and you're really being cautious, you can miss two weeks. Here's the thing. I'm at like a 90, 90, somewhere around there, 90% confidence level of, I think Burrow plays week one. I think that's just, I think we're making a lot about nothing because there's not much to talk about. Right now, no, but I, I would feel there is a sense of optimism in there for Joe Burrow to be back out there. Obviously, just still on the sideline, but still, we're going to move on from this topic. Um, yeah. And uh, I feel like the next time we do see Joe Burrow on the field, he's going to have a contract. So um, there's more optimism. That's, that's a more optimistic feel I, I'm feeling when it comes to number nine. So we'll stay tuned. We'll give you updates when we get them. Uh, but as of now, Joe Burrow on the sidelines at training camp today. I want to stay with the offense and we'll probably go into our mailbag segment talking about the defense because there was plenty to say on the defensive side of the ball. And I want to make sure we give them more than four minutes. Uh, Jonah Williams, we talked about him on our podcast yesterday. Again, we're recording back to back days this week. So you probably heard us talk a little bit about the offensive line yesterday. But right now it feels like Jonah Williams, maybe running again, away, it, Run it's away a landslide right now. It's a landslide. 
when uh, and we're not there. I don't think either one of us. You didn't go to the, no, the train. No, no, yeah, no. I assume not. And I'm not driving five hours to do that. Um, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah, ten hours of driving for a practice. Yeah. Uh, no, um, but I'm using Joe Goodberry as my reference, and it just mm -hmm. seems so much like every time he tweeted Jonah Williams, it was Jonah Williams did a good job there, and then Jackson Carmen's in with the twos and losing to Lucas Van Ness or whoever their backup edge rusher was while Jenna Williams was winning against Preston Brown. I just, I know that I don't think you can call it until at least after a preseason game. So mm -hmm. we're going to see what happens. I'm walking back a little bit. Uh, I, he might just leave with the starters. He might not play much because I think this is pretty decided unless he looks bad, unless he goes out there, he looks bad in that preseason game. If he goes out there, he looks solid. I think we might just be, might be ready, might be ready to call it. Uh, but I don't know. I we we've also been predicting that Jonah Williams would win that job, but yeah, it doesn't seem like too big of a competition right now. Speaking of the preseason, because this is our last podcast until they do play the Packers, it really sounded like Zach Taylor, which we kind of knew going into preseason game number one. It's more of preseason number two that you'll see more of the starters getting reps out there. But it just sounds like for him, the majority of the starters will not see the field on Friday night. It's going to be a lot of the younger guys and and pretty predictable guys who are trying to make the roster right now, um, you know in the back half of the position group rooms. Um, that really didn't seem too surprising from Zach Taylor. I know he did talk when training camp started that he did want the starters to get some reps in preseason, but I feel like we're going to see that more in game two. Um, and Friday night's just going to be about rookies and 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 guys who are trying to win a job right now. Yeah, they're more siding with you than me. They're like, rest those guys. Where I was saying, like, yeah, maybe give them a few snaps together because I remember how slow everything started last year, but – yeah, I understand the argument for both. I, maybe I am reacting too much to the start last year. And a lot of the start last year was a lot of new guys and not knowing how to use them. Mm -hmm. And Burrow starting sluggish. So defense was great last year to start yes. out. So uh, I could be reacting too much. I just think as long as you escape without injury, there is a benefit to having their guys play a few snaps because it is the closest thing you'll get to a real NFL game is the preseason game. Even these yeah. joint practices, they're not the same level. It's easy to look back on that week one game because that that game meant a lot at the end of the season. I think a lot of people thought, well, what if that game, it, it ends up meaning, you know, home field or it means this or that or the seeding purposes for the playoffs? And it did. It would have been a huge deal for the NFL and the decisions they would have had to make. I know it was kind of like the coin flip decision and uh, Kansas City was going to run away with it. If, if you know, any, it just pretty much felt like it was Kansas City used to lose because of not having, obviously not the Bills and Bengals game, but that well, we the Chiefs, lost. they had to, no matter what, the Chiefs had to lose to like the Raiders or something. Yeah. So I was yeah, never at the point where I was like, oh, we're getting screwed. It's more like, no. ah, you know, like we were able to host the Bills in round two rather than the other way around. Oh yeah, 100%. It ended up working out just fine. But um, yep. as far as that that thing, but me more so like on the Bengals side, it hurt them losing to the Steelers when it yeah, comes losing to the Steelers. first two games. That was the biggest thing. You lose to Mr. Trubisky and Cooper Rush. And it's kind of what I'm talking about this year. When yeah. you drop those games and they play Watson week one in a game, I think they should win. They should. Even though the Browns are... The Browns are probably more talented than the Steelers were at the start of last year. I would say so, but I like the Steelers' defense. 
I yeah, truly do. I mean, the Steelers' defense is just better than whatever the Browns are going to do, even with Jim Schwartz. Yeah. But anyway, let's ignore that and just say yeah. it's probably a similar level team in my mind, like nine and eight type team. You can't go out and blow that game. You can't go out and drop that game. And then now you're walking the tightrope and then you drop another game. They seem to drop at least one of these games. Let's let's only drop one game <laughs> that they should win this year. You know, let's not have Mike White and have uh, all these other games. Let's not have a Cooper Rush and a Mitch Trubisky game and a Jacoby Brissett game. Well, well, really hoping that they can go out there because at some point, I feel like they win a majority of the games that are like coin flips. And does that ever change? Maybe. They yeah. play up to their opponents. They they give them a good game, and they win a lot of these games, especially in the regular season. The main one I'm thinking that they lost were the 49ers and the Chargers two years ago. Last year, I mean, they basically won every game that was like, oh, this is a close one. Yeah, Who knows who's going to win? Was, well, they won. Uh, other than the Ravens game. I think the Ravens was the one game that you could drop that and be like, okay, I mean, that's a playoff team. But anyway, long-winded, say, long-winded way to say, if you want the one seed, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And I think this, that that's what it is week one. So that's one reason I think you would hope that Burrow is out there and not bank on, ah, you know, Trevor Simeon's fine. Because do you, last thing before we wrap up the segment, over or under 50% chance the Bengals win week one with Trevor Simeon in Cleveland? I don't want to imagine it. I don't want to imagine it. I don't. I don't. And no, Jake Browning wouldn't be better. Um, it just, I would feel sick, actually. The only thing I can think that would be a positive about it is I don't have to see Miles Garrett try to get near Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, sure. But um, I feel a little more confident in the offensive line that that shouldn't happen. Um, yeah, I just I wouldn't feel good about it. I would say they would drop they would drop the game with Trevor Simeon. Sorry, I mean they have a, we are. I don't get... feel confident enough to say they would drop the game, but I do think I might favor Cleveland in that scenario. Yeah, I think that would be an easy thing to say. I mean, I still like I feel like this defense, which we're gonna get to in our next segment, we're gonna wrap this up is going to be better than what it was last year. And I know a lot of people are going to freak out. I'm like, you can't say that because of the safety position. Uh, but I am. And that might be a hot take going into the season, but I feel really good about it. And just the way they're kind of ramping up on the defensive side of the ball, these guys are ready. They're ready to be out there right now. And, and some of the comments by Jermaine Pratt, I want to get to next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.